Good morning. I'm Mary, and you're listening to Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations, finding out how they serve our community and getting updates on current projects. The first portion of today's show is about Reads Across America Day. I'm speaking with Onita Davis, American Legion Auxiliary, Aura Valley, Unit 132. I'm the treasurer of the unit, and I'm also the Reads Across America coordinator for this particular auxiliary unit. And I am Lori Schaffler. I am the location coordinator for the Marana Veterans Cemetery and the Marana Mortuary. Well, like Anita had mentioned, reads across America. And so I would like to just start off hearing about the mission of Wreaths Across America and the purpose behind what you do. Well, it's quite simple, honor, those who are currently serving, remember those who have served, and teach. Now, they say teach our young people the true meaning of patriotism, but I think it's even broader than that. It's reminding everyone of the true meaning of patriotism. Lori, you want to add something? Reach Across America, last year we did 2.4 million wreaths were placed at 3,137 locations. And this year we have 3,400 locations with an estimated 3.2 million wreaths that will be laid across the nation. And Wreaths Across America, I mean, their headquarters, I was there in August, they only have 47 employees to get all the wreaths together. Their finance department is six people. I mean, it's amazing to see what they coordinate across the nation. Mm-hmm. And abroad. You know, and well, they're not doing abroad this year because of COVID, but they're hoping next year that they can go back to France because in 2019 they laid 13,000 wreaths at uh, the Netherlands and Luxembourg and at uh, Normandy. So just just the span of wreaths across America in what Lori, 10, 12 years, how the the whole movement has grown. It just makes you really proud to be a part of something like that. 15 million members of our country, citizens, put on uniforms for World War II. And today we have less than 175,000 of those people left. And we lose about 300 a day. We call them the greatest generation. And so when you look at all that, has been given in the name of our country. I think placing a wreath on the grave of a veteran is just a very small way of saying thank you. Absolutely. So I would like to hear about the event that's coming up itself, specifically who is putting it together. As you mentioned, Anita, you are the uh, coordinator with Wreaths Across America for the Oro Valley unit. And you, Lorianne, said you're part of the Marana Veterans Cemetery. So just tell me a bit more about what is coming up. So on December 17th, we actually line up at the um, Circle S and we, we bring the wreaths in to the cemetery via CVMA 32-2. They have been our sponsor from day one for both cemeteries. So they escort the wreaths in and they also help us to pass out the wreaths to the family members and to those who come out and place, place wreaths that day. 
And that ceremony takes place at 10 a.m. sharp. And it's the same words are spoken across the nation at the same exact time. So on the East Coast, it's at noon. In California, it's at 9 a.m. But it's the same words are spoken across the nation at the same exact time. And it's, I mean, it's phenomenal to, to watch what happens. And I mean, the reason we do it is, the first year I did it, and the first year I did it was 2009, and we were at the Little Morana Mortuary Veterans Cemetery, wasn't here yet. And this little old lady with tears flowing down her face said, thank you for remembering my sons. I didn't think people still cared anymore. Since that day, we have done it every year because of people like her and families that, that know that someone out there does care just for your information last year in arizona alone we had over thirty-eight thousand reefs laid across the state at 52 different locations and so this is not just something that's happening you know in tucson or just in marana it will be happening all over the state of arizona and I think it's really beautiful how you mentioned how the same words are going to be said everywhere at the same time. Like what a powerful unifying uh, message and uh, something to be part of. So along those lines, who is this open to? Is it open to anyone to come attend and be part of? Yes. Uh, anybody is welcome to come to attend any of the ceremonies. I mean, every cemetery in Tucson does it, the Tune Morana does it, uh, Sierra Vista, Phoenix, Cave Creek, Flags. I mean, it's throughout the whole state of Arizona. And anyone is welcome to come out to any location. They can go to reefsacrossamerica.org, look up their cemetery that's in their hometown or in their area, and sign up to come out and lay a wreath. I mean, we don't require people to, get, to sign up because we we just welcome everybody to come out. And I mean, last year we were overwhelmed. I think we had probably about 400 last year, Onita, come out to the Veterans Cemetery in Marana. Yeah, correct. Wonderful showing I mean, of support. Yes, it's great. Tell me a bit about what the goal is just wreath rise for 2022. I had looked at Wreaths Across America's website and I saw that you were actually getting close to reaching the goal for the Marana location. Um, so how many reads are you wanting to place this year um, for 2022? So at the Veterans Cemetery, our goal is 2,500. And at the Marana Mortuary, which is literally just a mile away, they have 65 veterans. And then we also lay 19 wreaths at the Osprey Memorial where the 19 Marines, there's a remembrance rock there from when the Osprey crashed in 2000. So we lay wreaths there also. And we are at 1,983 wreaths for the Veterans Cemetery, but at the Morana Mortuary, we only have four so far. So what Onita and I have done for the past couple of years is when we have extra, we also cover the Osprey Memorial, and we also cover Marana Mortuary as to assure all of the veterans in our area are taken care of. We're still hoping to reach our goal. Obviously, yeah. we're the clock is ticking, mm -hmm. and so we're asking people to really 
consider supporting this effort. This is a wonderful community effort deadline. I'm asking the people that I am soliciting to please have their donations in by the 28th, either to me or directly to reefs across America, because we want our reefs on the truck. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to have people's, you know, I have people calling me now going, oh, I need to get my, my check to you. Yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. Absolutely. So we just want to encourage people. You can go online. It's quite easy online to, to uh, sponsor a reef. Or you can reach out to Lorianne on Facebook or Onita on the Oro Valley American Legion Auxiliary website. We'll help you in any way that we can to make this happen for our community. Mm-hmm. So what is the, the cost for sponsoring a reef? $15. Okay. So just 15 bucks and you can sponsor a reef that will be placed. So tell me again what the, the website is. Reefsacrossamerica.org. On the right-hand side of the screen, you can search participating locations and look up the location of the cemetery that you would like to donate to. So you have that code because that code will determine where the reef goes. Say you had a family member back in Arkansas that you wanted to place a reef, you could donate, you could log on to their website and say, you know, I want to assure my, if this cemetery is doing it, you can log on to their site, see if that cemetery is participating and send a reef for your loved one back east or anywhere within the United States. If you would like to donate a reef through um, the American Legion Auxiliary, you can do reefsacrossamerica.org backslash AZ for Arizona, 0011P as in Paul, and just click on the red button. And any cemetery here in the uh, Tucson area is on our, our website. And I do have just kind of a, a, a kind of open question. Um, so are there other volunteer opportunities or ways that people can get involved on the 17th? The Thursday before Reefs Across America, the 18-wheeler will come to the cemetery. Uh, Last year, I think we got 296 boxes. If people want to contact me via Facebook, my name's Lori Schaffler, and come out to the cemetery and help unload reefs. And then that morning before the ceremony begins, they will stage the boxes around the cemetery that way there's recent each area so people aren't having to walk long distances. As far as cleanup, that they would have to contact the cemetery directly. And Carla is our new director out there. She is the Army veteran. She is also a Bronze Star recipient. And she is our new administrator out there. And she is phenomenal. And she is all on board with our program. Well, before we wrap up, uh, would you both just take a second to just share with me why you personally do what you do and your commitment to this mission. This is Onita again. My husband is uh, a Vietnam vet and we made a pledge between the two of us that we would never, ever, ever let what happened to the Vietnam vets when they returned from war happen to any of our veterans again. We are committed to supporting our veterans in any way we can. That's why we belong to the American Legion. 
And so this is a personal mission for me in that, so you take one day out of the year to lay a wreath, to stop, read the person's name and say a prayer if you're so inclined, but to remember and acknowledge that gift. Pierre Clisson said, to be killed in a war is not the worst that can happen. To be lost is not the worst that can happen. To be forgotten is the worst that can happen. And our pledge as American Legion is that we will never forget our veterans. And then um, my husband is an 82nd Airborne veteran. He is also the junior vice for the VFW state of Arizona. In two years, he will be our state commander. And our, our goal is to never forget a veteran. I mean, our, our family, everything we do on a daily basis is to honor veterans. But the mission of Reese Cross America is to remember, honor, and teach, to remember the fallen, honor those who serve and their families, and to teach the future generation of the sacrifices for our freedom. And if you come out to the cemetery, and I, I invite you to please come out there. I know Cindy Lawn will be out there with us on Reese Cross America Day. But there's this little boy, his name is Chase. And a couple of years ago, he said, hey, hey, you want to come meet my daddy? And I was like, sure. And I thought he was taking me over to meet his dad. And he introduces me to his dad's headstone. And this little boy seven years old. And my heart just, but he sat there for 15 minutes and told me all about his daddy. And he is out there every single year, this little boy. And we've watched, we've been able to watch him grow up. And it's just, I mean, for the families is the reason we do this mm -hmm. because it means so much that they know that others care and that, you know, others are saying their names and they're not forgotten. And that's the reason we do it year after year. This is my 11th year and I will do it until I can't do it any longer. Anita, will you just share one more time those important deadlines that people should know and where to go if they want to sponsor a wreath for Wreaths Across America? The deadline, November 28th, wreathsacrossamerica.org backslash AZ0011P as in Paul. And just remember that Wreaths Across America is not political. It is not affiliated with any particular religious group. This is simply a way of saying thank you to those who have served our nation faithfully. And one of the other things that we want to just point out is it is not a Christmas wreath. It is a veteran's wreath. And there is a meaning about, and we will be reading it that morning of what a, what a veteran's wreath is because it is not a Christmas wreath. It's not a religious symbol. Last year, CNN posted that how we were a religious and we were doing a religious ceremony and we are not, they are not political. I mean, Mr. Morrill Worcester and his wife, Karen, have lived and breathed that this is not religious, that it is a veteran's wreath. And, you know, we wanted to assure everyone, we do not do politics and we do not do religion. Anything else either of you would like to share before we close off today? No, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to share our story. And uh, we really encourage 
people to get involved in any way that they can personally get involved and just spread the word about reefs across America. We have probably 15 organizations that help cover reefs at the cemetery. So if you want to help out, you can go to reefsacrossamerica.org and sign up to help us out. We appreciate the assistance. Well, Anita and Lorianne, I really thank you for your time today and all of this great information and helping me inform people of what's coming up and how they can get involved. Thank you for that. That was Anita Davis, the treasurer of the American Legion Auxiliary Oro Valley Unit 132 and the Reefs Across America coordinator for the unit, as well as Lori Schaffler, the location coordinator for the Marana Veterans Cemetery and Marana Mortuary. For more information, you can go to reefsacrossamerica.org. I'm Mary, and you're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. For the next portion of today's show, I'm sharing a recent conversation I had with Lisa Chastain, the CEO at Gospel Rescue Mission. Well, Gospel Rescue Mission, as we've spoken before several times, it has a very long history here in our community. So I'd really like to share a bit of that story with listeners in case they're unfamiliar with uh, just how long you've been around. Yeah, so we will actually be celebrating our 70th year anniversary next year. So we're planning what to do for the celebration. But my grandfather, Ray Chastain, actually started Gospel Rescue Mission back in 1953. So it's an honor for me every day to carry on the good work that he started. So he was a yard master at Southern Pacific Railroad and watched, you know, the hobos, as they called them back in those days, ride the rails. And he was compassionate about it, started bringing food and and clothing from home. And that became all too often to where he felt like really it was calling. And he left the, uh, the railroad to start the mission. It was in several places downtown. One location was where Tucson Convention Center is, so it no longer even exists. And then in 1956, they built the property in South Tucson, and we remained there all up until we moved to the Center of Opportunity in 2019. So over those uh, 69 years, the face of homelessness has certainly changed Mm -hmm. over the decades. We continue to just assess what the needs are in the community and try to reach uh, meet the needs. Mm -hmm. Can you give a little insight into what homelessness looks like in our community? Who do you see and what are some of the Mm -hmm. numbers that you know of? Yeah, uh, 80% of the people that we serve are due to drug or alcohol addiction and mental health and sometimes all of the above. And um, there are those outliers, you know, that 20% that are homeless because of, you know, priced out rent or eviction or, um, you know, some other situations, divorce, um, economy. Mm -hmm. But the bulk of the people that we serve are there because of addiction and um, mental health. Mm. So that's kind of what we gear our program around. We help anybody who comes to us, but we certainly see a high number of those that are struggling with addiction Mm -hmm. and mental health. And so I'd like to talk about the Center of Opportunity for a minute. As you said, you opened up in 2019, so this definitely mm-hmm. has been a bit of a, an interesting uh, first few years for right. the Center <laughs> of Opportunity. But tell me a bit about how its development has been and kind of the vision you see for it moving forward and what you want it to become. 
Yeah, so we started the Center of Opportunity. Um, just to update your listeners, uh, it's the old Holiday Inn Holodome on South Palo Verde. Perfect property for us. Uh, we often say, I wonder if they knew in the 80s that they were building this for us mm-hmm. because the space is perfect. So we opened it up with the existing hotel structure. The plan was always to expand. And uh, since then, we've built uh, six new buildings on the property to expand the services and beautify the campus. The goal was always to bring people in from off the streets, have the services and programs that they need uh, to live a life that's successful all under one roof. Mm -hmm. Pretty lofty goal, but we did open up in 2019 with 30 different uh, social service agency providers in addition to us. It was amazing. You know, we all kind of scrunched together because we were all in a small space and uh, just saw people transform. You know, I'll say it again that, you know, in Tucson, it's hard for us that have working vehicles to get from point A to point B. But imagine yourself, you know, on foot or on bicycle or in public transportation. You're there for help at some social service agency. And they say, oh, we can't help you here. You have to go to the east side location. Uh, Nine times out of ten, they're not going to get there. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, our goal was to provide all those services so there was no excuses. And we could expedite, really, the Mm -hmm. process for them from homeless to wholeness. Fast forwarding to uh, 2022, even with two years of COVID in the midst of it, that it's, uh, it's working so well. We actually have 49 different different partners now that provide services there at the center. And um, like I said, we have six new buildings. We have a full 6,000-square-foot medical and dental clinic that's operated by El Rio. Um, We have a job training center that we just partnered together with Pima Community College to bring uh, trade jobs for higher-paying jobs, which is amazing. Uh, We have a full workout facility, wellness center, library, office space for all the providers, a beautiful courtyard. Um, So if you haven't seen it, please come visit. We do tours twice a week, and um, we'd love you to come see what transformation looks like. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about the intake process at Gospel Rescue Mission. Because I understand that you also will help people, they, they need to be sober, upon coming to Center of Opportunity. But tell me a bit about that intake process. Not necessarily. We okay. get people all the time that are, you know, under the influence. We'll send them to detox, okay. but we'll hold a bed for them. Mm. Um, so so come as you are, you okay. know, and we'll get you to detox, actually. And uh, they usually are in detox for about 48 hours, and then they come right back to us, and we handle the transportation. Either the detox agency or us will actually provide transportation to make sure that they get back to us mm-hmm. then they're processed through so we do intake Monday through Thursday and you know we do it's all a, a bunch of assessments right so we assess their needs and um, they're given a psych eval and you know they do a lot of the first week they're there they do a lot of assessments they meet with a, a lot of our case managers And the great thing about um, what we do is everybody that walks in the door is individually case managed. We're people, so there's not a one-size-fits-all formula that works. We work to find the best plan that meets their goals. And what I mean by that is we partner together with them because if it's not their decision to make change and make goals, uh, then they would just be doing it for us and not for them. 
We work hard to get a best plan that meets their goals and journey with them on that, uh, walk with them on that journey. So um, tell me a bit about who runs Gospel Rescue Mission. I, I assume you have a, a large team of volunteers that do a lot of We your, do. Yeah. Yeah, we have a great staff that's in place, but um, no way could we get done everything we need to get done without volunteers. When we're full, we need about 300 volunteers a week which is a huge task, but let me tell you, the community is just so incredibly generous. And, um, you know, po- this post-COVID era, we're feeling completely back to normal. And um, we have all of our, uh, most of our volunteers back. It's just a joy to see one of the areas where you see all volunteers is serving the meals. Mm-hmm. So we have a dining room that all the meals are served. And um, I love going in there and just seeing they're all like, ants you know and they're yeah. just serving meals <laughs> and the best thing about it is they spend time with the people and they'll you know pull up a chair next to them and you know how's it going today Bob and tell me about how that went for you and you know everything that we do is built about built around relationships because we understand that people come to us and they're you know they're hardened they trust nobody and um, so we want to uh, build a relationship with them so they trust us so that we can get them the help that they need. I, I'm glad you brought up the, the meal service because one of your biggest events is on the horizon, the Thanksgiving blessings to go. And is this the first year it's returned to its normal setting that it was before? Well, or? COVID kind of changed yeah. it. You know, we had to reimagine <laughs> things and now we're thinking, okay, this is kind of, um, this is kind of working for us. So this year we're doing, instead of just a drive through we're doing a hybrid mm-hmm. event. That means there's come sit at our table and dine with us opportunities as well as drive through We can serve so many more people that way, but also we certainly want people to take the time and come and sit. There's going to be entertainment and fun for the kids and fun for the family and um, so the Thanksgiving blessings to go is what we're still calling it. November 23rd, it's always the day before Thanksgiving and uh, from 11 to 2. So if you're in need, please come if you would like to help us. Uh, we need an army of volunteers and you can get that information at the website. Yeah, I did see that you have a, just like a link right there on your site um, for volunteer opportunities with Thanksgiving blessings. Will you just share with me a little bit more about the history of this event itself? How long have you been hosting these Thanksgiving? Oh my gosh, this is the 34th oh, year. Wow. So Gospel Rescue Mission has a long-standing history with the street banquets, they used to be called. And um, when we were in South Tucson, we'd close off the whole street and serve meals on on Thanksgiving. So there's a rich history of that. And it's really great because the social service providers kind of that all serve Thanksgiving, we kind of coordinate with each other mm-hmm. to make sure there's not duplication of uh, meals on certain days. And so we're kind of grandfathered in that day before Thanksgiving uh, so that there's always food, you know, that whole week for anybody who mm-hmm. needs it. Yeah. And I would like to just kind of touch on that because, you know, the face of homelessness has changed a lot. And we're in a kind of a, a sad situation right now where there are people who are struggling who weren't necessarily before. Yeah. And so this event is really open to anyone. Right. And we are experiencing people that are coming for resources and coming for food boxes. And just due to the economy, you know, I go to the grocery store and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's hard. 
it's hard to make ends meet, you know. So we try to be a resource and a help to those that are, you know, living paycheck to paycheck or they're on the brink of homelessness. We'd rather you come to us and let us, um, you know, supplement some of your basic needs rather than um, you uh, losing your home. Mm-hmm. But we recognize that it's a difficult time for everybody, and um, that's why we're, we're preparing for possibly as many meals as we've ever done, um, because it is open to anybody who just needs the needs the help right now. Mm-hmm. So I would like to hear a bit more about what type of resources do you have available to help people who are on that brink of uh losing their home and being in a very difficult situation so food boxes Mm -hmm. and we do hygiene items and diapers if we have them for the kids formula for the kids uh clothing we have there we have uh household goods uh furniture you know that's all available as the community you know blesses us with their in-kind contributions we in turn give it right back out Mm -hmm. to the community you know no strings uh no thrift store uh, absolutely free. So if we have it, we're giving it out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are some things that are kind of on the horizon for Gospel Rescue Mission? Is there any big projects you're working on? Or well, yeah, we have two that? in the works right now. Okay. I think I've even told on this show maybe before because it was a dream and now we've actually broke ground. Um, we partnered together with Catholic Community Services that's building a medical respite mm-hmm. facility So medical respite is that place where if somebody is homeless, they're in the hospital, but they get released and they still need some medical care before they get into shelter, um, that that's medical respite. So a 50-bed facility, um, it's going to be a beautiful 15,000-square-foot building, and also the dog shelter services, finally, (laughs) after three and a half years, We've been trying to uh, find the right partner and get this built, so that's actually underway, too. So we're very excited about that, very excited to be able to serve those that are experiencing homelessness that have, you know, a pet with them, have a dog with them that could be, you know, their only companion that we're not, uh, that we don't have to separate Mm -hmm. them now. They have a place for them to live both on the same campus. So those are in the works right now, and you never know. I mean, there's so much need. Mm-hmm. Again, we just always are assessing what we can do. You know, how are, how can we reach people that would never darken our doors? You know, we know there's some people out there that are homeless that um, maybe for one reason or the other would never go into shelter. So we're exploring options for that, what that looks like, and how we can reach the unreached. Well, before we start closing off today, uh, tell me about how people can make an in-kind donation or donations, their time, their money to help you in your mission. Yeah, so you can help us monetarily, uh, like you said, with your time and your talents or obviously with your in-kind contributions. You can go to the website grmtucson.com. Uh, you can bring your goods to 4550 South Palo Verde, or if you have a lot, call us and we'll be glad to do a pickup. Um, you know, it really is just the community that makes this work. We're Gospel Rescue Mission is 100% privately funded. We don't take government money. It allows us the flexibility and the efficiency to do things uh, a little bit better, um, as well as we don't want to jeopardize our religious freedoms. And so it really is the generosity of the community that makes this all possible. Mm -hmm. 
And as a, uh, a 501c3, uh, you are a qualifying charitable donation. We that? are. Yes. So uh, year end is coming mm-hmm. up and we still have the Arizona uh, state charitable tax, you know, dollar for dollar. Um, you're giving it to the government or you're giving it to one of your favorite nonprofits. Please check that out. We are a qualifying charitable organization and you can get all that information on the website as well. Well, what would you like to close with? What do you really want people to take away from our conversation today? Yeah, I would just um, like to know, everybody knows that, you know, we're seeing homelessness more than we ever have, mm-hmm. right? We see it on the streets. We see it in the medians. We see it through panhandling. Spread the word. You know, we are there to help those individuals. If you need help with putting a care package together And uh, we have what we call invitation cards that list all of our services and where we're located, uh, that so many people put care packages together and drop those cards in there for resources rather than giving cash. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can help you with that. Don't give up hope. You know, we're out there as many, you know, many other great nonprofits as well, trying to make a difference in the lives of those that are experiencing homelessness and really getting to the root issues. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. How are they never going to go back to the streets? Well, let's look at what caused them to get Mm -hmm. on the streets in the first place and really meet the needs of those obstacles so that they can live successful lives. So don't be discouraged. Uh, We're out there uh, beating the streets, if you will, and trying to get people off the streets. Mm and uh, providing hope to those that are struggling. All right, wonderful, Lisa. Well, before we close off, just a reminder for everyone, when Thanksgiving celebrations are. Yes, Thanksgiving Blessings to Go is November 23rd from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. If you need help or if you would like to help, you can go to the website, uh, grmtucson.com. Click on the volunteer tab and you'll see blessings to go. Wonderful. And just to confirm, that's going to be located at the center. At the center of opportunity. Thank you. 4550 South Palo Verde Road. Awesome. Well, Lisa Chastain, I really appreciate you taking this time to get us updated and to share the word of what you've been doing. That was Lisa Chastain, CEO at Gospel Rescue Mission. For more information on Gospel Rescue Mission and ways to help out, go to grmtucson.com. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson, and I am Mary. For more information about the Lifestyle Tucson program or to listen back to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday Mornings page at mixfm.com, kfma.com, klpx.com, or espntucson.com.